I'm here with Guillermo Koch, proving archaeologist, to talk about the centennial of the scientific discovery of Machu Picchu. Thanks for having me here. It's always a pleasure, Rick. This is the 100th anniversary we're coming up on of the scientific discovery of Machu Picchu by Hiram Bingham. And there's been a lot of build-up about this. What do you consider the, the real significance of the centennial discovery of Machu Picchu by Hiram Bingham? Machu Picchu is a magical place, and we have to look to Machu Picchu as something more than an archaeological site. Machu Picchu is the Inca city, but it's also the environment. And today, Machu Picchu is a symbol for Peru. It's a symbol of the Peruvian's uh, past. It's the place that attracts most of the visitors to the country, and it's a place of great importance for Peru's external image. And the fact that we're coming up on the 100-year mark since it was discovered, people have been coming to Peru just to see Machu Picchu now for decades. Starting in the 50s, you had that real bump in tourism, and then you saw dips and rises in, in tourism to Peru. But in the last 10 years, it's just taken off. What do you attribute that to? Perhaps it's a magical character, because we don't know more about Machu Picchu than what we knew 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Machu Picchu have never been a place where intensive archaeological research have been conducted. Most of what we know about Machu Picchu itself comes from uh, the material excavated from Higambingan, the analysis of that material, and then a few other archaeological projects that have been conducted there, mostly in the 50s and 60s. Since then, the most of the work has been very important, but have been a reconstruction, rebuilding, rebuilding, restoration, conservation of the site. All the fallen walls that you were able to see in the late 70s, early 80s, today are back in position. The new areas that are being opened on the lower flank of Machu Picchu under Huayna Picchu are areas that are being cleaned. What's the significance of those other areas that they're finding on the flanks of Huayna Picchu, though? Because I've seen photographs in the newspaper in El Comercio. It looks very impressive. What does it tell us about what Machu Picchu was? We don't really know. The first thing that you see is what many people suspected, that Machu Picchu was much larger than what we can see today. And it was much larger mainly because it includes large areas with andenes, uh, agricultural terraces that were all around, around the city. That is being today exposed. Those areas are being cleaned and people are going to have access there. But if you ask uh, about the history of Machu Picchu, when Machu Picchu was populated at first, how that settlement started, we all know that Machu Picchu was a royal estate. It belonged to an Inca family, to an Inca panaca. 
and they control that and they exercise power from there and exchange and, and so on, so on, so on. But we, we want to know more than, than that. And that comes mainly from uh, historical documents located in the historical archive of Cusco and documents were found by historians. We, we want to know about the archaeology. When the first settlement began to be built long before the Inca. But for that, you need to conduct a type of excavations that nobody will take the risk to conduct. Nobody wants to be at the eye of the storm. The work of Fernando Astiti, no, in charge of the archaeological park, have been very important in keeping the park in good shape and all the efforts to organize the visitors, the pathways to, for the people to uh, move around the, the site. There is a lot to do in that uh, sense. Also, the reconstruction, the rebuilding, the restoration of areas, as well as the recent cleanings of these new uh, areas in Machu Picchu. But again, what, what we need is a real archaeological project to uh, clarify the origins and the evolution of the site. Because if it's true that the, the site was a royal estate, it was an Inca property, the property of uh, Pachacutec and uh, Hispanaca. The site already existed when they took over. They modified the site, they rebuilt it, built new buildings, and did uh, enlarge and expand the site. But the site existed, and that's what we want to know. Whether or not Machu Picchu might be older than Pachacutec? Yeah, Machu Picchu predate Pachacutec. Machu Picchu is at least, at least four, five hundred years older. It may well go into the middle horizon. From what I understand, some ceramic fragments of middle horizon vessels have been found during different processes there. And the middle horizon would, would make it what age to what date? Somewhere between the year 800 and 1000. Somewhere there. No, these were perhaps the first monumental architecture, the, f- the first stones architecture was erected. Of course, very little of that, if any at all, survives. There are enough indications that that may have been the time when the site began to be visible, known uh, to some extent important in the, in the area. Some of the investigation that has been allowed to go on is not archaeological, but a study of the hydrology. Kenneth Wright, trying to figure out how those fountains <laughs> still function, uh, with some pretty interesting results. Are you familiar with that work? Yeah, a, a, a little bit. And it's a great work. And we have to do more of that kind of uh, investigation. But we need to excavate. We need to go deeper into the past. And also we have to study the, the Inca occupation. The largest corpus known today is at Yale University, and they are the ones that on the occasion of the exhibit that was organized some eight years ago or so, they re-study the materials recovered by Hiram Bingham, and we have really new perspectives closer 
to a reality on and some of the myths about Machu Picchu, about the who populated Machu Picchu and the virgins of the sand and so have failed, no? And what were some of the myth-busting discoveries that they made during that re-evaluation at Yale? Uh, that there was more diversity among the people that were found or were recovered by Hiram Ingen, that there were not really virgins of the sun around there, that the uh, remains, the animal remains, for example, includes also remains of European animals there. And the significance of that? We don't know if those uh, European animals were brought there by Europeans or by Inca. There are uh, descriptions of Manco Inca riding a horse during the siege of Cusco in 1536. They quickly adapted both the weapons and also the uh, European resources. And those are the kind of new questions that these investigations are opening right now. And what kinds of things have investigators explorers, scientists, what kinds of things have they discovered about the cosmovision of the Inca at Machu Picchu? Alignments. Some people have worked alignments, and alignments are very important because astronomical uh, observations, and those are tied with a calendaric observations and also the positions of the stars, the the beginning of the the seasons, agricultural cycles, and that is tied to gods and all the ideological world. And Machu Picchu, like all the, the important archaeological sites in Peru, is aligned, it's related to the position of some stars or some planets in, in the sky. Because there are festivities, and festivities have dates, and dates are precise by the, the positions of the planets or the stars. In. And that, that, that's another line, interesting line of research that has been conducted in Machu Picchu. But it's not widely known. It's not, it's not something that everyone knows. One question that weighs heavy on many people's minds is the conservation of Machu Picchu. What do you think about this fact that the number of visitors to Machu Picchu since the 80s tripled? Yeah, uh, I went there for the first time in 1966. And until the late 70s, you were able to sleep, to put your tent and sleep there in Machu Picchu and stay. Even in the 80s, no, you were able to go in and out at uh, leisure. Today is much more uh, difficult. And that, it's a necessary response to this increase in uh, visitors. I think it's wonderful that more people come to visit Machu Picchu, but it's being handled in an unplanned way. There is not really a preparation for, from both the, the, the Peruvian institutions responsible for the environment, for the uh, archaeological site, for the tour operators to do it. The visit itself is not well organized. If you have half an hour to visit Machu Picchu, uh, you don't see Machu Picchu. Because there is not really a program for somebody that will be for half an hour. I think because the, the preservation and also the satisfaction of the visitors, things have to be examined. 
carefully study and develop new ways to visit Machu Picchu. I don't know. There are, there are like in all these uh, subjects, there is controversy. While the people concerned with the preservation, with the conservation, people related to the Ministry of Culture or to the uh, in Reina, they are going to say that too many people are uh, coming. The people on the other side, the people that moves that that brings the visitors, uh, will say that there is much more room. But it's not a problem of room. It's, pro- it's a problem of organization. How do you move people? How do you show the site? How do you do it in a way that you are going to carry the weight into different areas? You are going to carry the, the damage, the natural dam- distribute the damage, you know, in a different way. Today everyone comes by the same entrance and leaps by the same way as they enter. That's not necessarily the way to to do it. We have to look for alternative. We have to create internal tours for different types of people, for people that have different interests, but mainly for people that, that have different amounts of time. And that's going to help with the uh, preservation. Also, we have to open sites around Machu Picchu. We have to open areas that we know that exists and from where you are going to have a different view of Machu Picchu. Uh, we were looking into this last year and there is a way that I can move you around and within the first 15 minutes you are going to be left with the impression that you have already seen everything. And whatever you visit after that is going to be a plus, additional to, to your impression, your first impression. And that's what we have to, we have to do. And perhaps people are going to be there as a navigator for no smaller amounts of time. And that may be a way to increase the number of visitors per day. Who knows? But that job has to be done. Final question. If Hiram Bingham was alive today, a young, ambitious, go-getting historian, if he were to come to Peru looking for the next great discovery, where in Peru would he most likely go? Would it be to Cusco in the south, or would it be some other location, some other area in Peru? We'll go north. There is a lot to see uh, in, in northern Peru. There is a lot to discover there is a different perspective complementary to the to the one that we already have about Peruvian history, about Peruvian archaeology, from the Huaca de la Luna to Sipan, from Sipan to Cuelap. There are great places to see. The traditional Chanchan pales today with uh, the paintings in Huaca de la Luna. Uh, today, there are great museums to see. In Lambayeque, you have side museums at Sipan, a great museum. You have the, the side museum in Chotuna. You have the Brunin Museum. You have the Sipan Museum. You have the Sican Museum. You have n- great uh, natural areas with archaeological sites like the Bosque de Poma. Uh, in Trujillo, you have a great museum at the Huaca de la Luna, brand new, a great site like Huaca de la Luna, and you have many things to see, and many things to discover for archaeologists, for explorers, for historians, or for people looking for an adventure. Well, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for talking to us. Thanks to you, Rick.
And that wraps up this episode of Peruvian Travel Trends Podcast. Until next time, I'm Rick Becchio.